Welcome to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Alexandre Marie underscore talks. Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie is a podcast where we will discuss everyday topics that are affecting the Black community from mental health, education, sexuality, spectrum disorder, the Black dollar, the Black culture, Black businesses, Black relationships, and more. This is Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. And remember, what consumes your mind controls your life. Hey guys, welcome to 2020. New year, new decade. Yeah, but not new me. It's the same old me. Um, But we are going into our second season. We're just wrapping up a few interviews for the first season. And I'm super excited to have this artist in the background that you guys are hearing right now. He goes by the name Malk. He's from Jersey, my home state. He is phenomenal, you guys. Not only is he an amazing lyricist, but he is a young black entrepreneur. And I wanted to have the opportunity to sit down with him and get to know him a little bit better. So without further ado, let's get Malk on the phone. And welcome him to the Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie family. Hello. Hey, hey. Hey, how are you? Good, good. I'm glad you were able to get on because I'm sitting here like, okay. Yeah, I had to uh, copy the link and uh, use my Safari instead of that. I am thrilled to have you on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So thank you for joining me today on Shoot the Breeze with Alexandria Marie. You are my first interview for the year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. Wow. So um, what would you rather go by, Malcolm or Malk? Like, uh, just, Mal- just Malk. You can go by Malk. Malk, Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, Mel. Uh, I'm a New Jersey resident from Bayonne, New Jersey. Um, I make music, uh, hip hop, uh, and I just uh, I'm trying to get my message across and uh, be heard by the world. Right? Give us a little bit more. Come on, this is your time. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> uh, what could I say about myself? I graduated in 2018 from William Patterson University with a BS in sociology. Um, I also participated in uh, football up there. Um, I currently, <clears throat> I currently am on what my fourth or fifth, I would like to say, mixtape. Um, the last one that was released in November, I believe, twenty fourth, for motivational use only, is available on all streaming platforms. Uh, with the rest of my discography, and uh, yeah, all right, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me I'm very anal so you know I like to give people this opportunity you know like to describe themselves as best as they can you know using their own words you know rather than yeah me I, them. I understand I, I I rather than uh rather than me telling them uh I mean this was what this uh platform is for but if you want to know more definitely tune into the music that's where I feel like I give you everything you need to possibly know about myself of course so I see that you were born Malcolm X. Yes, I was. Wow. How was that growing up? How was that? I yeah, honestly, I hated it at first. <laughs> like, especially in school, like when teachers read your name, it's like, oh, Malcolm X. And then the rest of the class hears it, Malcolm, Malcolm X, Malcolm X. So it's a certain type of, I guess, uh, responsibility they would put on you as soon as they heard that name. They would expect you to uh, live up to it. And, for a while, I just, I didn't want to accept it. Like, why can't I just have a regular name? Like, like everyone else, that name requires 
so much. It demands so much when you when you first hear it, just the name in general, Malcolm X. Like your parents had a plan when they named you. So uh, I guess I'm starting. I'm starting to finally just try to live up to that name and the uh, the pressure that comes with being named after somebody like that. Right. As a parent, trust me, if you're the type of parent and you sit and you give your child a specific name, it's for a reason. Your mom and dad. So sociology, how important was it for you to go to college? Because as we all know, there's a lot of, you know, MCs out here, some great ones, some not so great that, you know, didn't go to college don't have any degrees so how important was it for you i'm uh i'm honestly a late bloomer like like i said my whole my whole thing was um football football i was pretty good coming out of high school i was fortunate enough to uh be recruited by some bigger schools and have the opportunity to go down to uh hampton virginia to play down there and uh for the university at hampton hiu and uh i had a situation with my grades to where i had to come back home so Long story short, uh, rapping was never, making music in general was never in my plans at all. I, this is going on, what, only my third year rapping, I believe, now. So, uh, I, Really? Yeah, wow. but it play, it, it, it helps a lot uh, being able to articulate myself and use certain words that I may have uh, figured out or, or been uh, introduced to through college and through, through uh, different ways of thinking and viewing the world through different classes and courses I've taken over the course completing my degree all right so so you uh just mentioned that rap is a way to help you articulate your words did you find uh growing up you have a you had a hard time doing that no not at all that's one thing that uh i think helps help helps play a part in uh the style of music i make and the way I, and the quality of it because i mean growing up my dad I used to have to come home while we were all outside playing. I used to have to come home and read at least for half an hour or two chapters of a book every single night. And I used to hate it then, but it was kind of ingrained in me as I got older. So reading, a lot of people don't like reading, but reading for me is kind of like second nature. So I, I'm kind of what you may call a bookworm. So I uh, I have no problem like articulating myself, but uh, I just never thought that I'd be doing it over over beats and making music and that type of stuff. Right. So you never had an issue um, just talking about your feelings because on your recent um, project, you do, you know, have a few um, songs on there about relationships and everything like that. So does going to college and having your father read to you every night and everything like that, did that help in your relationships, do you think? Uh, Relationships in regards to dealing with women, uh... Yeah, yeah, I like definitely articulating your words. Uh definitely. Uh being able to uh communicate and say what I do like and what I don't like. And I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household with both parents. Uh, my parents were married for twenty five years. Uh unfortunately, uh my father passed away, but uh I was I was brought up in that type of household where I saw the uh the dynamics and how a marriage works and how uh communication is very important, you know, and how sometimes you have to swallow your pride. Uh because a relationship is 50-50, so you may not completely agree with it, but sometimes you have to swallow your pride to make sure your partner is happy. Very true, very true. So for motivational use only, that being your most recent, uh, tell us a project that if you could go back to and redo, what project would it be and why? Um, I honestly wouldn't redo any. Like, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of like going back in time and regret and all that type of stuff, because mm-hmm. I feel like if I go back and redo something, I wouldn't be able to put out the project that I just put out. I may be in a different frame of mind and all that type of stuff. So everything I believe, you may not know the reason at the point, at the time that it happens, but you'll figure it out later on in life. So everything has to take its course in the way it takes its course. So I, I'm not I'm not big on going back in time. Like I, I feel like everything happened for a reason and, and it led up to this moment. Same here. I have the same outlook on life being Buddhist. But you know, some people some people live in regret. Yeah. Why, but... <laughs> it's a heavy weight to carry around. It is. It is. You gotta let go and just breathe. And I love how you promote meditation yes. in your most recent project. So Speak on that and the practice of meditation for you, and how has it helped you along the way? Uh, it helped me. It helped me a lot, honestly. Um, 
on one of the songs I say I, I, I've been doing a lot less praying, leaning more towards meditation, because I just I just feel as though like uh, I need to be completely sane and and uh, and comfortable in my own skin. So rather than me praying for uh, someone to help me or praying for this, that, and the third, I'd rather just become one with myself and one with my mind and body and meditate to keep protect my inner peace at all costs. So rather than praying or asking for help, I'd rather help myself. And I feel as though meditation is extremely comforting in the fact that it's just complete solitude. It's you, your thoughts, and controlling your breathing and all of that different type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that our people, people of color, do too much praying and not enough like looking into themselves and working inward? I grew up in the church. My grandfather is uh is actually a pastor and so I believe like when you know the history of the church and like uh why it's such a staple in our community, I believe that sometimes we, we look to the church sometimes as a crutch, you know, instead of just accepting life for what it is and making possible changes and different types of things that we could do to better ourselves, sometimes we say, Well, I I'll just go pray on it or maybe this was how he wanted it to be instead of saying, you know what, I could change the circumstances around me instead of waiting on uh, something to fall out of the sky and someone to help me. I, I should help myself. All right. So you just mentioned you wouldn't go back and redo any of your projects. So what is your favorite project to date? To date? Um, that's hard. It's like uh, I don't have any kids, but I can imagine trying <laughs> to say which one of your kids you like the most. Um, I would have to say it would probably be, uh, P1 progression, progression, the first, uh, the first part of the, uh, series that I have out right now, I have P1 and P2, and that one was because P1, which is available on Spinrilla, I would say that one because it was like me finding my footing and the growth from my very first tape that I put out from free game to P1, the growth is, is exponential and, and just the storytelling, my ability to, uh, pick out beats and just honestly finding myself if uh anyone who's been with me from the jump if they listen to free game it was a completely different sound than i had net on p1 and the sound that i have now like it sounds like two completely different people so i probably say p1 because that was like the the jump start to everything that we have going on right now right so with that in regards to that describe your flow in your cadence for um, people that are just now listening to you? I would like to say my flow and cadence is, is real conversational. Like, it's almost like I, I'm talking to you or talking to myself. To think that a lot of my, my records, like, it says for motivational use only, but a lot of my records are like I'm writing in a diary. Like, so I'm talking to myself. And a lot of the advice that I give on the songs is not necessarily advice. Like, this is just stuff that I tell myself all the time. And, and you say you think and believe it, it'll happen. So that that's a lot of what my music is about, like just a reflection, being introspective and telling stories from my point of view or or a point of view of one of my closest friends, something they went through, or how I feel as though that can be applied to life and help the next person. Okay. So I read somewhere that uh, some of your influences, you know, are J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. So what are your top five MCs of all time? Um, me, my top five, not, not, uh, <clears throat> not in any order and not in any specific ranking, but just five in general for me would be, uh, Nas, uh, Jay-Z, Drake, um, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole. And uh, my honorable mention would be Rick Ross. Mm. Rick Ross. Yes. Hmm. I'm I'm hearing all the other names, and then when you say Rick Ross, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Elaborate on the honorable mention of Rick Ross. I, lo I love Ross. Uh, Ross picks some of the greatest beats I've ever heard in my life, and there's certain beats that he picks. It's like no one but Ross could get on those beats, and the way he's able to paint a picture so vividly to where you feel it in the music and you can see everything he's saying is elegant, but at the same time, it's gritty. It's just like... Is everything he does is real immaculate and regal in his fashion, and and I like I like the way he puts his albums together. Mm. But you didn't mention. I mean, you mentioned Jay Z, but you didn't mention any like Tupac, Biggie, Rakim, people, the rappers that people would normally mention. Can you explain why? Uh, Tupac to me, he doesn't. Tupac and Biggie, that I don't need to really like 
put them in top five because everybody knows who they are. They transcend music itself. Like their Tupac is bigger than music. Like you can't you can't put a label on him as a, a rapper, an artist, because he did so much. He was a poet. He was an actor. He was an activist. He was the child of uh, he's second generation Black Panther. So it's not really too much that I can say about Tupac that hasn't been said. And I, I wouldn't want to put him him or Biggie in that category uh, of top five or, you know what I mean, and that type of thing because mm-hmm. their careers were cut so short and we didn't even get right. to see the best of them. So they they transcend music in any top five. And then Rakim is the like the God MC. He he He's the forefather to every single person I named and where, where they got their style and flow from. He kind of broke right. that mold when he first came out. He was... He went from he he broke the mold of the hip hop, the hippity, the hippity, to really flowing and telling stories and playing with your cadence and being smooth, that type of stuff. Yeah. I had to mention Rakim because no one normally mentions Rakim like, yo, Rakim. No, that's that's the guy, that's the guy, that's the god MC. I'm actually reading his book right now, Sweat the Technique. So there's there's nothing that can be. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading this book right now. So it ain't he's he's another one. He's the He's the forefather. He's the greatest lyricist of all time. It's not, again, it's another one. Those three right there is like, what can you say about them? That hasn't been said. Hmm. True. So you gave me your uh, top five MCs. So what about top five on your playlist right now? Uh, on my playlist right now, most people, <laughs> anybody who knows me closely, it would tell you this, but most people don't believe it. Like, I listen to a lot of soul music. Like, I, I'm not necessarily listening to rap all the time. I'm most of the time listening to soul music. I guess that's where you can say I get a lot of my uh, my influences from. And, and I listen to a lot of throwback music. So right now, I just finished listening to uh, Frankie Beverly and Maze, some Sade, uh, some Coltrane, some jazz. Uh, what else is I listening to? I'm trying to remember. I was listening to some '90s music, so I was listening to a little bit of uh, a little bit of Tony, 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 and mm, yeah, so, I was just listening to Tony, Tony, Tony the other day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the type of stuff I listen to on a on a daily basis. That, or maybe I'm listening to an instrumental that somebody sent me, or a producer just sent me that I'm thinking about writing to. But for the most part, I listen to like a lot of soul music, unless I'm I'm in a different type of mood to where I'm listening to rap all the time. And uh, when I'm listening to rap, it's a lot of uh, G Herbo, Dave East, um, Nas, uh, some J Cole in there, Wale. So that's that's that would be my rap top five. What I listen to. Okay. So you mentioned the passing of your father, and on motivational for motivational use, uh, there's a few songs on there. You do talk about your father. You talk about. Uh, your mom losing her job and how I'm trying to remember you have a brother and a sister that don't live close. Yeah, I got a brother who's uh actually in the army. He's out in Germany right now, and I have a sister who lives in Iowa. Right. Yeah. So how how did that impact for motivational use? Because I think your father passed what in 2017. 16. 2016 and your mom lost her job in 2017 yeah and for motivational use came out what 2018 2019 all right so walk us through how all of that actually impact this project uh so i'm uh, and i'm packing this project this is probably one of my most honest not to say any of them weren't honest but this is probably my most and and openly just bearing it all to the world projects uh and the fact that i talk about uh how I'm in a different position now to where it's like I pay, I pay. I mean, my mom, she, she found, she found work and found another job, but it's like, I'm in a position now to where this is, this is what was wanted by my, by my parents. They wanted me to graduate. They wanted me to get my degree. They want me to be in a position to where I'll be able to make more money than them. And, you know, uh, in the future, as it should be, your parents should want you to do better than them. And so now it's like, I have that. And then on top of that, my dad is no longer here. My brother's in Germany. So I'm kind of like, the family that's in the states, I'm kind of like the man, the man of the house, even though it's not a house. So I provide, I provide when my niece and nephew may need something, when my sister may need something, my mom needs help with something. She's getting that regardless, even if she doesn't want it. So it's just like I'm in a, a real kind of uh, 
rural, I'm in my dad's kind of role right now. Not to, not to, I could never fill his shoes or be there, but I've kind of taken that type of position with my family right now. And do you feel any weight on your shoulders doing that? I mean, you're what, like 24, 25? 25. I mean, it, it, it is some, but at the same time, I put I, I think I put more pressure on myself than anybody else can put on me. Like I I, I accept the challenge of, you know, uh, I got to go out and get it. I got to do this, that, and the third to uh, make sure that I mean not only I'm getting uh, uh, being able to pro- provide for them financially, but I'm able to look look myself in the mirror and say you're giving it your all. You're, you're doing everything possible to be a success and live up to your live up to your first and last name and make. Not only my mother, but my sister and my entire family proud. Right. So you uh, you were just on a billboard, and I think uh, you had said on Instagram, "Mom, like we made it." Did your mom ever doubt that you would ever get like as big as you are right now? Um, no. But she at first, when I first rapping, it was just like, "All right, it's a hobby." I didn't take it serious at first either. And like it, we're we're nowhere close to where we want to be. We're nowhere close to uh completely uh being able to stamp and say, yeah, we made it. We just had it. We're, we're laying the groundwork right now. We're, we're doing a lot of things mm-hmm. that uh a lot of people aren't doing, and we're trying to uh trying to make our la- make our label not make our label leave our stamp on New Jersey, and then we'll branch out from there. But you got to win your surrounding areas first. So, and I have I have my hometown Bayonne behind me right now, with me right now. I'm not gonna say behind me. They're with me because they. Without them, I couldn't do anything. And so my mom, she she was probably the main one that told me, I think you should take this serious. Her and my aunt one time after uh, I asked, they used my car to run to the store. And my aunt play, put some of my music on and she came and sat me down and said, what are you, what are you doing with this? I said, man, it is just music. I just do it, you know what I mean? On the side, like when I'm bored. And she sat me down and told me, you need to take this serious because you got something here that doesn't sound like anyone else and you actually it's actually good like so you need to take this serious and that was like the stamp of approval that i i really needed not not that i was looking for it but once they said that i'm like all right it's go time now and we've been in overdrive ever since then all right so do you have you know your mom with you when you're like going to these shows, no. did she ever come and see you? No, she came to uh, <laughs> she came to a listening party, party mm. for for motivational use only. And having her there, uh, I got the video, I got the like the recap up on uh, up on my Instagram. Uh, you can check that out. M A L C three underscores. I recap up there, and one of the same one of the songs pl- were playing while she was there, and. It just got me super emotional because I'm. It just made me reflect over the past three, four years how, how much she's went through and how much we've went through as a family, and we're still standing solid. So you can see in the video, I get emotional. I drop a couple of tears. But she doesn't. She doesn't come to too many things. It's not really her her type of scene. So. So speaking on your mom, what makes you feel inspired? Like. Who are the three most influential people in your life? I'm assuming like your mom and your dad are probably one of the top, so they don't need any mentions. Out, but... Outside of them, I'd probably say uh, my grandfather, um, my sister, and these are these are people that I see. These are my everyday like influences. Like these aren't like political figures or other people I high I hold in a high regard, but. Probably say my my uh my grandfather, my sister, and my brother. Right. So, why? I I, I know you said your grandfather was like I, I think like a pastor or yes. something. Okay. So why your grandfather, your sister, and your brother? Why are they the most influential people in your life? Because uh, one growing up uh as a little brother, your your goal is to outdo everything your big brother has done. So up until I probably say, even in college, because my brother went to college, graduated. So it's probably the past couple of years where I've stepped into my own shoes where I don't feel like I have to eclipse what he's done or do things better than he's did. Like you're always somewhat in your big brother's shadow and you just want to try to do better than he did. So that's why my brother's one of my biggest influences and the simple fact that he's married, he has a wife, he has a kids and he, he he's uh, a father in the home, uh, taking care of his responsibilities, 
and showing that uh, different than the stereotypes that a lot of put out there, there are actual black men in the providing for their families and doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. My sister, just off of the simple fact, her perseverance and her strength, I'm raising three kids, and it's just like uh, seeing her get up all the time. Sometimes she's working all day long, but she makes sure her bills are paid on time. She makes sure her kids are never wanted for anything. So that that itself is like, wow, if she can make this happen, I can make this happen. And my grandfather, he's um, my grandfather's what eighty three, I think, last week, I believe, and he was the first black business owner that I seen. Like growing up, my grandfather owned a a uh, he owned the daycare center, and he was a pastor at the yeah. He was the older daycare center where he employed my whole family at. Like I literally, we had our own family daycare center. So seeing that and seeing him have his own black business is is amazing. See, it seems as though family is a staple for you. Yes, it is. Okay, so let's let's talk about family being a staple, and you talk about you know relationships and for motivational use. So. How's that going? Are you in a relationship with anybody? Are you like looking to get married anytime soon? No, nah, I'm not on the marriage thing. Uh, the relationship, <laughs> relationship, yeah, I'm involved. I'm involved with somebody, uh, but you got to ask her depending on the week whether she likes me or not. Uh, we go through a lot of ups and downs as most young couples do, but we try to make it work. Okay, and is she? Does she go to like your? Um, she your listening parties and she handles everything she's she's there for everything she has to give the, the stamp of approval and okay on everything i do so and i'm not saying that in a negative way but she's just that much involved and plays that big of a part in everything we do as uh the the 94 tilt movement and so she's she's if you see me there you're gonna see her there she's involved in everything why would that why would anyone take that in a negative way? Because that's because, that's what's that's what's up with society today. Like, why would that be negative? A lot of people. Especially, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No. I see a lot of I see a lot of uh, men. Sometimes they feel uh, they feel some type of way uh, if they see a woman is too involved with a guy, they may oh that's your girl or oh, you're whipped this that and throw all that different types of stuff and. Some people sometimes take take negative to uh, a man saying, yeah, my girl is involved every step of the way. Like she's the one pulling the strings. But why wouldn't why wouldn't I want her involved every step of the way? Uh, I think me personally, women are the strongest species walking this, this earth. And they think with a clear head most of the time, whereas sometimes pride and ego get involved with a lot of men's decisions. So I, I would be. I'll be silly not to have her around and say, you know what, you may need to think that over or you may need to do this, that and the third. Exactly. I mean, especially in the black community, that whole notion of being whipped, it, it, to me, it's, it's beyond ridiculous. But there are a lot of men now, you know, where it, in the black community as well, you know, basketball players, um, musicians, artists, where they're like, yeah, she got this. She's here. Exactly. I don't know what you guys are thinking, but if she wasn't here, like Denzel Washington, he picks up his wife all the mm-hmm. time and she actually was making more money than him at one point. And he says it all the time, like, no, that's my rock. I don't know what, I, call me whipped, call me sissy, call me whatever the hell you want to call me. But <laughs> like, hey, we've been married for how long now? Exactly. But, I don't know. Uh, it's strange to me too, but that's how a lot of a lot of men think that a woman shouldn't be in that type of position to have that much say. I don't understand it. If it's not anything negative, if they're pushing you and motivating you in the right direction, I don't understand why that would be a problem. You know what it is? It's because they want to still play the field. Yeah. That's what it is. They want to, you know, and then you're only 25, so a lot of them are thinking, you're only 25, bro. Like, you could still do what you got to do. She don't need to be around you all the damn time, man. And if if you have someone, you know, being an artist and, you know, a sports figure or whatever, they feel as though um, the opposite sex won't want your music. You know what I mean? Like, they always tell basketball players in the beginning, don't say you have a girlfriend. Don't say you're this. Don't say you're that. Because we want the women to come. And it's just, 
It's a whole management thing. Yeah. I'm glad your manager does not say that. To you. <laughs> I hope he does not. Say no, that he doesn't. To you. He doesn't. Okay. If you could change anything about the industry, what would it be? Um, I don't really know. I don't really know. One because <clears throat> I wouldn't. Uh, I'm from the outside looking in right now. I'm doing everything independently. Everything is uh, funded by. Uh, the team and I, so I'm not necessarily in the industry to see the ins and outs. I mean, I can read about it. I've taken a couple meetings with labels, but I'm not necessarily in the industry to say there's anything that I hate about the industry. Would I? Would I? Uh, or would I? Uh, what I would change about it? But from the outside looking in, and and, and what I do know about it, I just feel like uh, we need to we need to be comfortable in our own skin. I feel like there's too there may be too much of a cookie cutter theme. Uh, an industry where you have to look like this, you have to do this in order to be successful. Everyone's path greatness is different. So our mantra is do you never them. So we're going to continue to do us and let the chips fall where they may. But as long as I'm honest to myself, I'm comfortable with the result as long as I'm putting my, my best foot first. Okay. Speaking on success, how would you define success? Success is subjective. So me, me, Putting out a project to me is a success. You know, uh, me waking up every day is a success. Uh, if you if you look at numbers and all of that type of stuff, because it, it plays a big part. But I'm not the biggest artist right now, so I can tell you, numbers numbers are a big part in how you get discovered and all of that type of stuff. But my me personally, I view my impact, my my impact locally, my impact in my music, the the, the stuff that people say back to me. I, I can relate to that. I feel exactly what you feel, and the fact that people tell me they can identify you. I've been in that same mental space, that same mental cloud, and I, I need you to keep making this type of music for us. You motivate us. For people to say that type of stuff to me, that's a success right there. I don't care if I if I don't if I don't blow up, if I'm just a local or just that and a third. For people to say that to me, for, for my music that's coming from my heart, my soul, stuff that I go through to be able to touch someone on that level to where they say, I need you to keep making this. This helps me get through the day. That's a success right there. So having people come up to you saying that you've touched them, can you tell us an artist that has touched you um, as well as can you tell us an artist that you don't want to work with anymore? You don't got to drop names, but just the situation because people listening might want to follow your path. And you know. An artist that has touched me, I'd have to say, uh, it's a lot of artists, but my favorite artist is J. Cole. So I, I'd say that's an artist that's touched me. And some of the stories he's tell, he's told, I can definitely relate to those. And some of the instances he's talked about, I can definitely relate to those. And in regards to an artist that I've worked with that I wouldn't want to work with anymore, um, I'm not really big on features. And I'm not really big on collaborating. The artists you see me work with on the projects that I've worked with them on, or the artists you see that may have a feature from me, they are, it's only a handful of them. And that's because... Uh, we do it that way. We're real. Uh, we're real big on relationships. And if I'm going to do a song with you, you know, it's not based off of the simple fact you're paying me, for or or you're you have a lot of clout right now. You're popping on social media. It's based off of the strength of a relationship I have with you. I have to first be a fan of you as a person, or, or a fan of your music. So when, when I go about doing features, that's how it goes about. If you, if you see the uh, features I have, uh, Carmen Soulful, Homemade. Those are people that I actually am genuinely fans of their work and, and I have a personal relationship with them to where I can pick up my phone right now and get in touch with them. A lot of artists seek out features. They get that feature and never hear from that artist again. So we do it a little differently. Uh, when I do my features uh, twice, uh, that's like my little brother. He's from Bayonne. So these are the people that I actually have relationships with. I'm not just out here uh, getting features from people just because they're, they're, they're I have a buzz right now. Okay. So what's one thing you wish you knew before you started this music thing? Um, one thing I wish that I knew was in the beginning, uh, it's a marathon, not a race. So you 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 go in for me me personally, when I first went to the studio, the type of music I was making was completely different than what I'm making now. I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna go in here, I'm gonna get this certain type of beat, I'm gonna get a certain type of hook, and I'm gonna blow up off of this. Then you put that first song out. It's like, yo, I thought this was supposed to happen overnight. You know, it, it, it's a grind. Nothing happens overnight. And if it does happen overnight, you're extremely blessed. But for the most part, it, this is a grind. Like, 
the people you see that are successful is because they put thousands and thousands of hours into their craft. And so nothing, nothing just mysteriously happens overnight. Like you got to work at this and you got to perfect your craft. You got to master your abilities. Okay. With that, what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? My biggest failure? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I've had any failures because I don't, I don't believe in the whole, uh, that's a loss. That's an L. Uh, I don't, you could take a what people may view as a loss, but it's always a lesson in every loss. So it's about what you take from that. And I've taken so much from learning just about this making music and all different types of things. So I really can't say that I've had a biggest loss or or any of that because every step of the way, you know, as long as as long as you're not stepping back, you're good. So I may have to, you know, I may feel like I'm moving forward, but then I may have to take a step to the side to regroup and take a quick breather. But as long as it's not a step backwards, I I don't view it as a hell. Okay, so you spoke on wishing you knew that you had to do the the legwork in the beginning. So what are some of your best resources that has helped you along the way? In regards to to uh, keeping myself motivated and keep moving forward? In regards to your projects? Oh, um, definitely Karma, uh, because she not only gives me features on it, but she also is my engineer, so she mixes and masters everything you hear. So she's not only just singing on a song, but she's also mixing and mastering it. Um, my manager, Russ, he... I deliver the product and he makes sure it gets to where it needs to get to as far as ears, as far as uh, media outlets, uh, IEU, um, magazines. We've had a couple of magazine write-ups and, and uh, pretty reputable blog write-ups. So that um, also my other uh, partner in this, my man uh, Hearn, he's, uh, he's like a silent partner. No one sees him, no one hears from him, but he's behind the scenes pulling strings. Uh, uh, setting up venues and, and investing and making sure that the music sounds the way it's supposed to sound. And most importantly, the team, uh, the team doesn't get enough credit because without them, I couldn't do anything. They, they drive me to interviews. They, they make sure that everything is running smoothly. So I, I wouldn't be able to function without the team. Okay. Your creative process. Tell us how that, how that goes about. How about the creative process for your most recent project? I was locked in for the majority of those songs you hear were recorded over, I like to say, a three-week period, three to four-week period. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, majority of those songs, I was locked in. Uh, The last song, the last two songs, I'm trying to think, maybe the last song that was recorded for that project was Odds too, but. I recorded most of that project over the month of August, and I it was some songs that didn't make the cut. Uh, we got some sitting around. We had to narrow it down, but for the meat and potatoes of that project, most of those songs were created over the course of a three or four week period, and that was just me. I was I was locked in the locked in the garage with with beats and, and everything I needed to record, and I was just writing and writing and writing, and that's that was what we got from that. I listen uh, just before I got on. I, I definitely um, listened to some of the songs just so that I can get a better understanding. And it seems as though you used this project as a meditational outlet. Yeah, right. Most definitely. Especially if you locked yourself in for three weeks and you finished this whole project in three weeks. I think you had a lot on your chest that you had to, you know, put on paper and get out. Most definitely, um, that goes, that goes without mentioning, uh, like coming off of the run, we had a, we had a pretty successful tape before that, uh, that dropped in May, P2, and off of the, off of the hills of that, we, we were able to, uh, be written about, like I said before, uh, type of success that we didn't have with the project before, um, we were invited up to the studio where I got to talk shop and, and, uh, and really get some good knowledge on this industry and how it works from uh, Heat Makers. Uh, I don't know if you heard of him, but he produced a lot of the songs from my childhood. Uh, he's the Diplomats uh, producer with Jim Jones and Cameron. And then also in the studio with him was Fred DeGuy. He gave me just some very good knowledge and jewels about this game and how it works and 
for him to co-sign. Like, yeah, I, I like what you're doing. Like, I like your project. And he gave me little little tips and everything about recording and uh, uh, the beats and, and just about how to maneuver in this industry that I'm trying to break into. With that coming off of the heels of that, just seeing the reception we got from that, it's like I can't accept like this good is never good enough. So this is cool. Like I like this, but that 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 success feeling is, is kind of like a drug. It's kind of like a high. So I'm like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't settle. Like I can't be, I can't be satisfied with this. So we just, we just, I'm like, yeah, I'm going, I'm locking back in, and I'm, I'm gonna give you another project this year. That's what I told Russ, and he was like, all right. So I locked myself in, and that's where you get for motivational use only. It was real therapeutic for me because at the time I was just coming off of about the past three or four years, every year it's one to two people that, that uh, I've grown up with or, or somebody that I, that I hold in dear regard that has died. You know, uh, last year I had my aunt die at, at, from, from a long battle she had with cancer in January. Uh, then ter- this is the same aunt, not to cut you off, that said you should do the music thing? No, no, that's not the same aunt. Uh, but that's my aunt. Uh, the aunt that I'm speaking of, she was, that was my dad's sister, and she attended everything I had coming up. She was at football games, basketball games, rain, sleet, or snow. She was there through it all. I was always staying at her house, so I had a type of relationship with her. Um, and so I had her die from a long battle she had with cancer, and then I turn around and get a call from one of my best friends back home. He's telling me about a guy we grew up with who, reached, who the same day that he told me, uh, was shot and killed in, uh, in Philadelphia. He was killed, so I'm, and he's the exact same age as me. And this is like, wow, like, you look at the, the statistics of I me mean, being a black man at 25. It's, it's kind of rare being alive and uh, not incarcerated. I don't have any kids. You know, I'm lucky. I'm lucky uh, to say that I don't have any type of record or anything. I'm a college graduate, so it's just like all of that hit me at once. And it's just like I'm in a, I'm in a position now to where I, I have a platform now, so I'm going to use my platform to express some positive things and how I'm feeling and what's going through my mind right now. And I, I got a lot on my chest. Okay. Well, listening to it, you guys, if you haven't heard it, uh, I advise you to go and listen to it because it is, it is something real. I do love the project and I love how, as you said, it is conversational. Like you are speaking to us, you know, and I love how it seems like you're speaking to all the young black men coming up am i wrong like that's how i took it no you're not you're not wrong at all i just don't want to i don't want to exclusive i mean i can only speak on my experience and my experience is being a black man in america a young black man in america but i don't want to just limit it to that because everyone goes through times when they're fighting anxiety fighting depression fighting going through different losing friends so not not specifically just black men but just just people in general because and again it's not specifically to men there's there's a lot of women who've hit me up telling me they, they understand everything that I'm going through and all that different type of stuff. So just, just people in general. I don't know. Of course. But how I took it again, this is, Oh yeah. Everyone takes it differently. <laughs> everyone takes it. differently. Exactly. I took it. And I, and again, I found solace in that to know that, okay, here's a young, a young entrepreneur, uh, businessman, musician, and he's sitting here telling the young black man, and I'm by young black man, I'm talking about people that are like 16, 17, 18, you know, people that haven't gotten into their manhood mm-hmm. yet and letting them know, like, hey, this is what it's about, you know what I mean? And I don't see a lot of artists doing that. That's where I was going with it. I don't see a lot of artists sitting there saying, yo, we really need to start talking to our young black men, our young brothers out here. And with this particular project, that's what I got from it, that you really wanted to put a message out there. Of course, everyone in it and anyone is going to take something from it. But you really wanted to just, you know, tell these brothers out here, these young brothers out here, like, yo, we need to step up. We need to do what we have to do. And, you know, just change the game. That's it. That's most definitely. You hit the uh, the nail on the head. Uh, that's, that's definitely what, what the gist of it was. The fact of do you never them like dare to be different you don't have to you don't have to fit in like everybody else you don't have to follow the trend that everybody else is following it's all right to be different it's all right to you know if you if you may be a guy who, who's around a bunch of athletes it's all right for you to be in the anime and be in the reading be in the different types of stuff that people may view as weird like it's all right to be comfortable in your own skin you don't never have you should never feel the pressure to want to 
be like somebody else or fit in with somebody else because you're unique in the simple fact that it's only one you. You're one of one. So you, you, you're different enough in that sense already. There's literally no one else unless you have a twin, but no one else biologically like you. So own that. Like You only get one life. And that's what I actually love about uh, this project, especially now with rap. You know, I'm in my early 30s and then I can't when I turn on the radio, I kind of I kind of don't because <laughs> everything <laughs> sounds the same. Like, yeah, I understand. Like, nah, I, I can't. But what's something that people seem to misunderstand about you? Um, uh, let's see. That's, 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 that's a tough one. Well, people probably... People probably don't understand how much of a when they listen to the music, they don't understand how much of a, how much I play around. Like, other, I, if you listen to the music, you think I was a serious person all the time and real deep. And all. that's 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 not me. Like, I like to play around. I like to I like to joke around. Nine times out of ten, most of the stuff I say uh, is on the track. You shouldn't take it serious because most of the time I'm playing around. Mm. And is, is that from having? Two older siblings and you being the youngest? Uh, that and the simple fact of my dad always told me, like, listen, man, you you got to take life for what it is. You can't you can't stress out too much. Like, you, you got to laugh about some things because there's going to be some times in life where the only thing keeping you from crying is laughing. So I've kind of adopted that. And I try to even make the best out of the worst circumstances. So I try to find a way to find a joke and anything and keep people's spirits up, keep you upbeat, but at the same time, keeping it real with you. With that, uh, if you could turn back time to your 10-year-old self, what would you tell him? Uh, the girl's going to be there, man. Just focus on, focus on, focus on. You had a girlfriend at 10? I, I, <laughs> I was chasing girls at 10, but more so 10 leading into me going into high school. <laughs> I would tell myself, listen, man, the girls are going to be there. They're always going to be there for the rest of your life, man. Focus on school and focus on focus on sports. The girls are going to be there. Give all your attention to that. That is good advice. <laughs> yep. That's what I would tell myself. If you could open for any artist, who would it be? Uh, hmm. That's a good question. I mean, the obvious answer would, would be a Jay-Z, but... Uh, Word, I thought you would have said J. Cole, because that's all I've been hearing today, J. Cole, J. Cole. Nah, I w- I'll probably say Nas. <laughs> I want to open for Nas. Nas? Yeah. Oh, okay. Why Nas? Because Nas is the forefather to this style, you know, the, the storytelling style. Other than Rakim, Nas is really, like, one of my biggest influences because Nas influences the the Kendricks, the Drakes, all of the people that I, that the Wale's, the people that I listen to that have influenced me in the type of music I make. So I would have to say Nas. Okay. And who would be who would be your top artist to collaborate with? And I'm talking about heavy hitters. Heavy hitters, Drake. That would that would be. I mean, you get a you get a track with Drake. It's like. You're going to take off from that just because his name is on. And I admire Drake's rapping ability. So I would definitely want to do a track with Drake. Okay. And what is your favorite song to perform to date? To date, I would have to say off of P2, it would be Careless. Just because of the way the the song starts and it builds. And then once the beat drops, it it just, it, it makes the room shake. And everybody gets to just bop in their head. Do you sing in the shower? All the time. All the time. <laughs> okay. All the time. Okay, give us a little song since you like. I can't. To, I, I can't. You know, I can't sing. School. I can't. Sing. It don't matter. It don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. Uh uh-uh, uh, it don't matter. You're on shit the breeze with Alexandra. Oh, get man, with it. You, you, you get with it. I, I would sing some brandy. I want to be down. That's what I was. All right, let's. Okay, so sing Brandy. I want to be down. <laughs> Give us a little bit. Give us a little bit. Come I want to be down with what hey. you're going through. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> oh my! God. I'll take it. That's all I got. Oh wow! Okay, what is one message you would like to give your fans? Uh, the message that's been consistent in all the music. Uh. 
do you never them. So, you know, uh, stay true to yourself. And, and no matter what happens in life, just just make sure you're doing you and never them. Don't feel the need to run in the pack. Don't feel the need to be like the pack. Just keep doing you and never them. With some of the influencers that you've mentioned, um, do you believe politics has a place in hip hop? Of course. Uh, if you look at if you look at how hip hop started and why it started, it was it was a, a perfect storm of a people in the ghetto uh, needing a way to express themselves other than violence, and, and this beautiful art form came apart. And if you look about if you look at I want early songs like the message, uh, uh, then you go go to KRS One, then you go to Chuck D and Public Enemy, then you go out to NWA, you got Ice Cube. Every artist, yeah. Every every artist, every artist has a, uh, every artist has has somewhat taken a political stance in in at least one of their songs. So, and this is this is an art form that's that's true. That's in its truest form is actually a political message, uh, bucking the system. So. Oh, So with that, uh, believing that politics has a place in um, rap music and uh, hip hop, why is it that, you know, from from me growing up, you know, I, the Tupacs, the Nate Dogg, NWA, when politics was big and heavy in hip hop, why do you think that now, I mean, that's where hip hop came from. Why do you think that it's not the same any, anymore and this is the time we should have some politics and hip hop like where did it go now it's all about money and bitches and, <laughs> and drugs um, <laughs> I feel like that that has always that element of hip hop has always been an element uh, which you just said but it's just kind of switched now from uh, people talking about it. Go, uh, I just seen somewhere they said this generation, it kind of flipped from uh, praising the dealer to somewhat praising the user now. So that element of hip hop and money and women that has always been a hip hop. And I feel like there's still there's still uh there's still very political rappers, uh, rappers who have political elements in their music and have a music have a uh, message in their music now. It's just uh, not real popular. And even exactly. even but even in that sense, uh. Kendrick Lamar won five Grammys, I think, two years ago, off of "To Pimp a Butterfly," an album that was mm-hmm. that was filled with talking about politics and talking about the state of the black man right. and just all types of different stuff. So it depends on you're gonna get what you're looking for. So if you're not looking for it, you're not gonna find it. But if that's what you're into and what you're looking for, there are plenty of artists out here that are doing that. No, but as you mentioned, it's not popping. Yeah, you know? it's not. It's but... not what you may hear on the radio, even though. Or did have uh, everyone around, no matter the color that they are, saying uh, they got royalty inside their DNA. So he was, he was, he did have a radio hit with that. So it, again, it's not, it may not be uh, mainstream, I should say, but it's out there. There are mainstream okay. artists doing it, but for the most part, what you hear is is somewhat of like the uh, the party scene type of music. And I'm not mad at that at all because everybody wants to have a good time. True. But I mean, I want to have a good time, but I also want to understand what they're saying as well. <laughs> but that's here nor there. What do black culture and black community mean to you? Everything. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm a black man. So my mother's black. My father's black. Uh, I'm black through and through, and that that's that's my culture to the T. So. I would never try to make a mockery of it. I would never try to exploit it or sell it out for any type of gain. Uh, I, I just feel like black culture is what makes this 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 uh, this country go. I mean, when you think about it, the biggest the biggest genre of music is hip hop, which is dominated by black artists, which was started by black artists. So, I mean, what more what more what more could I could I say about the black community? Uh, I love it. There's a lot, just like every other community, there are things that we could do better. But this is my community. I, I can never turn my back on it. Hmm. So, with regards to what you just said, and many, you know, black people have said, where um, 
black culture is, you know, we're the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we are. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. We are. We're the shit. We're the shit. So, how do you feel about cultural appropriation? Uh, it's it's been like this since since I don't even know. Like, of, I mean, how how far back do you want to go? This isn't anything new. Uh, with people coming to our culture and taking, if you look at the if you look at the many inventions that have been made in the history of, of the United States, many of them were made by slaves or by black men who were lady had their invention, their the estate uh, stolen by. Uh, uh, their white counterparts. So I mean, this is nothing new. We're we're just uh, it's a lot more prevalent now because we're able to research, we're able to see it right in front of our face now, with uh with social media and, and everyone being uh pretty much politically woke in the uh, time that we're in right now. But this isn't anything new. And, but then at the same time, you have to look at the people who are willing to sell out our culture for a dollar. You know, that's something that I'm completely against. But you can't blame the people who, who are taking it without the people who are offering it. Right. I love that. Love that. So what about generational wealth? You speak so much on family and how your grandfather had this daycare and everyone pretty much was employed from your family within this daycare. So how do you feel about generational wealth meaning if you were to have a child right now right how would you explain and set your child up for generational wealth well first of me personally generational wealth is everything but not not completely wealth in a sense of uh, of money because that's a given we want to set our kids up with that but me personally i feel as though i'm rich in, in my in my soul and in my mind because of the, the the knowledge and wealth that was passed down from my my father and my parents and, and what they instilled in me so I'm rich in, in my soul and I'm rich in my mind with the knowledge that I have from them in regards to uh having a child if I had a child right now the, that would be that's who I'm working for now like I'm working for so when I do have kids so they're set up so they don't have to they don't have to struggle I'll be able to provide for them the things that I, I my parents wanted to have for me, but they weren't able to get it because the circumstances there are. Uh, I'm a first generation, me and my brother are first generation college graduates. So, you know, it's a, uh, my parents set it up to where they want us to be better than them. And so I'm going to do that for the next generation. Uh, whereas they'll have a bank account uh, early on, as soon as they're born, you know, uh, put a college savings away. And I'm not necessarily the biggest uh, supporter of college, 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 sending your kids to college because there's people I went to college with I mean, there's people I went to high school with who didn't go to college and are making $60, $70 an hour working as, as locksmiths or working in unions as foremen. So college isn't the, the necessarily answer, the necessary answer for everything. There's, there's ways around it to get the success. So, But I would want to guide my kids in the right direction regardless. Okay. So tell the people what's next for you. Uh, we got a couple of big announcements. Uh, I haven't made any yet i don't want to make it out but you'll be one of the first to know um <laughs> we have other than those big announcements <laughs> uh what's next for me is i'm i'm still locked in uh in the studio right now working on getting out more music uh setting up some some different deals and different types of things behind the scenes uh, and we're just gonna keep pro- uh, progressing our brand uh you may see a couple more billboards pop up somewhere uh I'm not gonna give that away yet, and uh, we. I will tell you this. Uh, I can. I can legally say and actually say now that uh, I'm signed to myself. Like I'm proud to be able to say that I own. I own my. Uh, I, I own my company with a couple of other partners. Uh, my man uh, Hearn and my manager Russ. We own the company uh, 942 Entertainment, uh, and I'm. Nice. Ex- yeah, I'm extremely Congrats. proud of that. Job, young king. That's what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. Set it up. Set it up. So we just we're making sure that our our, our music grind is, is also matched with our business grind. So we want to we don't want to be we want it to be fifty fifty. We don't want to have all the music in the world. But when it comes to when we got to go to a meeting and they ask us what's our business plan or do we own anything or any equity? We want to own our own stuff. We don't want to have to sign our stuff away to make money. We want to be able to make money off ourselves and sign ourselves and 
pay attention. All the all the answers, all the tools are out here. Uh, mm-hmm. It's all in the music. Uh, it's all in the, it's all in the books. You just got to go out there and get the knowledge. Uh, a prime example, Nipsey Hussle. If you paid attention to his moves and stuff that he did, he gave you he gives you the whole blueprint and how to map it out, how to go about doing your stuff. You just got to pay attention and go and get it. I mean. Yeah, Nipsey Hussle, but what about Master P? I, I mean, come on now. I said, I said, I said that on, on my on my footsteps track. Master P, <laughs> even before Master P, Uncle Luke, Uncle Luke was, I think, right. the first. He owned the, he was the first black owned uh, record company. I read his book, and so yeah, I would never. I'm just talking about uh, recently, but mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle went to Master P for advice. So you can never not throw Master P in there. Master P has done everything. Master P has had a. Uh, a basketball league. Master P has been in the NBA. Master P has rap snacks. Master P has everything. So how could you not? Uh, definitely Master P. All right. So one last question. Uh, was there anything you wanted to let us know that I didn't ask? You covered everything. Phenomenally. Thank you. Now tell the people where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter or at uh or on Instagram at Malk at M A L C with three underscores. Uh you can find me again on Twitter or Instagram. You can find all the music all on streaming platforms. Platforms and no SoundCloud. Um just type in Malk M A L C and my whole discography will come up. Everything from uh from the layover on. So the past three to four projects with some singles in between there. We had the No Hesitation E P. Uh, that's where you can find all my stuff at, uh, again, at Malk, M-A-L-C, three underscores. All right, so you have the opportunity. So you are the first artist that I've interviewed with this opportunity. You get to pick one one song that you would like me to play after this interview for the listeners, so they can just get a better understanding of you as an artist. Make it out off of the For Motivational Use project that was dropped in November. Track two, make it out off of For Motivational Use only. Make it out. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Again. Thank you for having me. Of course. And make sure you tell me the new uh, projects. I most definitely will. Most definitely will. Also, (laughs) thank you to Russ for setting this up, too. Thank you to my manager and partner, Russ, for setting this up also. Yes. Thank you, Russ. We have been emailing and Insta messaging. Yeah, he's on top of all of it. He makes sure everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. He does his best to make sure it's smooth. And have a good night, Mel. You too. Thank you again. All right, so make sure you guys check him out on Spotify, Dizzer, SoundCloud, iTunes, Check them out on all of the major music platforms. This is his request off of For Motivational Use Only. Title is Make It Out. Don't worry, you guys. I'm going to run it back for you, all right? So tune in to Make It Out by Malk off of For Motivational Use Only. What you gon' do? I ain't a therapist, no perfect. Just some shit I'm going through. Steady fighting battles without going toe to toe with depression. I try to step away from it, get some time to decompress it. And got these introverted ways, sometimes a curse, sometimes a blessing. And I've been doing a lot, like praying, leaning more towards meditation. Unlocking my mind, feel like I found a book of revelations through concentration. This is my fucking consecration. Forever dedicated to being real, this ain't no faking. And I ain't scared to admit, sometimes a nigga be going crazy, 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 crazy. Man, keep doing what you do, man. Don't let that outside noise deter you from what you're doing, man. You feel me? Like, if we always been real niggas, niggas gravitate to real niggas, so if they ain't getting it, they ain't seen real enough to get it.
skin, send me, send me. I'm fucked up, I'm fucked up. A little bit, a little bit. See ice kid, ice kid, send me, send me. I'm fucked up, I'm fucked up. A little bit, a little bit. See, I be tracks in my head and I'm just trying to make it out. These fears, worries, and doubts. I'm just trying to do it up. I'm steady fighting these demons. I'm just trying to get them out. These fears, worries, and doubts. I'm just trying to do it out. Just talk to my brother Cooley. Life is getting crazy. Turco once to the chest and he gone. They couldn't save him. I came up with birth. But I ain't seen younger niggas, so that shit hit me different. And death don't usually phase me since my pops died. Can't tell you last time I cried, but hearing about my nigga death, that shit brought tears to my eyes and put it in perspective. That time is but of the essence. Do what you want and fuck them outside of pants. Cause in the end, all you got is yourself at life's exit. If I said it once, I said it twice, nigga, don't you forget it. Plan for the future. Make sure you live for the now. And if you love your homie, tell that nigga when he come around. So my niggas that I came up with, it's always love. We might not talk every day, we might not see each other every day, but when we connect, it's always a hundred. Keep being great. Stay blessed. Send me, send me, I'm fucked up, I'm fucked up, a little bit, a little bit. See, I skin, I skin, send me, send me, I'm fucked up, I'm fucked up, a little bit, a little bit. See, I be tracks in my head and I'm just trying to make it out. These fears, worries, and doubts, I'm just trying to do it out. I'm steady fighting these demons, I'm just trying to get them out. These fears, worries, and doubts, I'm just trying to do it out. Cause I'm just, cause I'm just, cause I'm just, cause I'm just. Cause I'm just, cause I'm just, cause I'm just, cause I'm just.